Hi there, this is Alana Terry. You are listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. Welcome. I hope that it is a great day for you and that you are feeling inspired and energized with all the writing projects that you're working on right now. Today, we are going to talk about the components of a really, really, really good blurb, right? So let's talk for just a second about why your blurb is so important. I think most people are kind of already going to know this, but basically, especially if you get to the point where you're starting to pay Amazon or Facebook or BookBub to send people to your book sales page, that means your book sales page needs to look awesome, right? A lot of people will try out ads they'll see that they've lost money and they will say ads don't work. Amazon ads don't work. Facebook ads don't work. But really all an ad can do is get people to click onto your sales page. And then it's the job of your sales page to turn those people who click into people who go and buy your book. All right. So especially if you're investing money in ads, you absolutely need to have a great great sales page. All right. So here's the things that I look for in a good blurb. All right. So you want to have a lot of white space. You want it to be very easily skimmable and you don't want it to look intimidating. So the things that will make your blurb look intimidating is if you've got like 20 lines all in a row, like a 20 line paragraph, that's going to look intimidating. The other thing that looks intimidating is if you throw in tons of weird names. Our brains are designed to trust and acknowledge and recognize the familiar and be a tiny bit suspicious of things that are weird. So especially like if you write historical or if you write fantasy with like a really complicated world and lots of interesting names with like, you know, each name has three apostrophes and things like that. Just don't throw every single name in there all at once because that can cause some confusion. So maybe like if you're talking about a sci-fi book on a planet and the planet's got four words to its name and none of them are easily pronounceable, it's probably best to leave out the name of the planet and just say, you know, on an uninhabited planet or something. Same thing with no matter what genre you're writing, you want to give your characters like full name and title and, you know, birth details, you know, like, so Sir John, the pure of Pippendor or, you know, like weird, weird things like that. The more proper nouns you've got, the more likely you are to get somebody confused. So you could probably just say Sir John, right? It's easier for readers to have fewer proper nouns to look at. Similarly, you always want to be thinking about what's going to be easy to skim. And so if you've got a chunk of words, like a really long prestigious title where every single word is capitalized, again, that just makes it harder to skim because we're not used to reading things like that. So couple things that we've covered. We want short paragraphs. So there's lots of white space. We don't want one huge chunk of text. We don't want tons of confusing names. And we don't want to go overboard with things like titles and specific names of places if you don't need them. Another thing a great blurb is going to do is it's going to pique the reader's curiosity. It's going to get them excited to learn more. So a great blurb does not summarize the book. A great blurb gives just enough details that you know the hook and the premise, and then the rest, you've got to read the book to figure out what you're going to get from it, right? So a great blurb is going to read people, it's going to leave your readers with questions. What's going to happen next? How is this going to get resolved? Even if it's 
a very formulaic type of book. Will John and Susie find true love? Well, if it's romance, of course, they're going to find true love, but it should still have that question in the reader's mind. Is this going to happen and how is this going to be resolved? And another thing that you want to do when you're looking at your blurb, does your reader know what's at stake? right? Maybe for John and Susie, it's a broken heart and living an unfulfilled life for the rest of their life or a fantasy thing. Maybe if they don't succeed on this quest, then the entire world's going to get destroyed. Whatever it is, it should be really, really clear to your reader what the stakes are if your main character fails what they're setting out to do. Another great thing to think of to add into your blurbs are some of the trigger keywords that are going to very clearly draw in the right kind of reader. And another way to think about blurbs, we don't think about this as much. We think about blurbs as the way to sell our book, but we also want our blurbs to send the wrong people away. So for example, if you write a blurb that reads just like a typical contemporary romance, Will John and Susie Find True Love? And it turns out that it's women's fiction and John's dead by the end of the book and Susie's in a mental institution. That is not going to make your readers happy. So your blurb needs to actually reflect the tone and the genre of the book. Otherwise, what you risk is readers thinking they're buying one type of book and getting another. And a really good way that we can attract the right readers and repel the wrong readers is by some of these trigger keywords. And so if you ask your ideal reader, what do you love about this genre? What types of books in the genre do you love? Think about the adjectives, especially that come up. Um, is it sweet? Is it inspiring? Is it thrilling? Is it, um, you know, full of twists and turns? And these are all things that like words and phrases that you should incorporate into your blurb. So let's say that you're doing a very sweet romance. You want to kind of infuse that sweet feel so that people who are looking for something steamier are going to realize, oh, this isn't what I'm looking for, right? Same thing if you do any type of religious fiction. Your blurb should kind of reflect how much religion ends up in the book. So if your book just kind of falls into like clean and wholesome and the characters go to church, that's totally fine. But don't go overboard in your blurb, like talking up how, you know, it's um, all about their faith and prayers and, and all of this. On the other hand, if your book has tons of Christianity or whatever, you know, religion that you're emphasizing in your book, your blurb should do that too. And again, it's not just to attract the right readers. It's to make sure the wrong readers know like, no, this isn't quite the book for you. So don't, don't go into your blurb writing thinking that you need to appeal to everybody. You want to appeal to your ideal reader. And a good way to do that is through these trigger keywords. So again, the question you ask yourself is what does your ideal reader love about your books and your genre and incorporate some of those phrases into your blurb. So a great place for this is the call to action. A really good formula for a call to action is if you like this, this, and this, then you're going to love this. So let's go back to like, let's say we're doing, um, you know, sweet contemporary romance. If you love sweet and wholesome small town romances with all the feels, read this inspiring romance novel today, right? This also helps with your keywords because when people search for something like sweet and inspiring, 
if it's in your blurb, it might end up showing up on their search results. So there's lots of reasons to be thinking about these kind of genre keywords, these trigger keywords that let your readers know not only like what your genre is, but really the flavor, the subgenre. Same thing if you write really humorous books, your blurb should have, you know, that quirky, funny feel. If your book is full of puns, your blurb should reflect that. So again, things to be thinking about. And then we want to end with a really, really strong call to action like we talked about. We can do that formula if you like this, this, and this, and read this. Um, download this book today. You're actually like, yes, it's call to action. It's better than nothing. But that very last line where you are giving that call to action is a great place to pack some more of those trigger keywords. So for an unforgettable page-turning suspense novel that will keep you up late at night, read this techno thriller now. That's a lot stronger than buy my book today, right? So those are some things to keep in mind. So just kind of a checklist when you've written a blurb and you just want to make sure it's hit all of these points. Here's what you want to look for. Is there white space? Is it easy to skim? Did you avoid going overboard with confusing names? Have you included some of these trigger keywords and do you have a real strong call to action? And if you've got those, then you are well on your way to having a great blurb that should hopefully get you lots and lots of sales. So that's all for today. I hope that things are going great for you and we'll talk to you soon. This is Alana and you have been listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. I hope today's episode was encouraging and informative for you to help you level up in your author career. If you want more ongoing support for your marketing, your productivity, and your mindset, please join me and New York Times bestselling author and my teaching bestie, Melissa Storm, in our Patreon Writing Cave We've got daily videos, we've got live group chats and sprints and everything you need to increase both your marketing and your productivity for your books. You can find out more and join us starting at the $10 a month level at patreon.com slash writing cave. Thanks again for listening. Have a fabulous day.